Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. John Bushnell here. And we are looking at encouraging you <clears throat> to be in God's Word and reading parts of it together is seems to be what we've been doing for the last year or so. So we will continue doing that. And we're flying through numbers, but I want to touch on one more, maybe two more parts, but today one more part of numbers that's pretty significant and I think has a lot to do with today. So early on in Numbers, as they're wandering the desert, they're not really wandering the desert, they're making their way to the promised land. And they get there, and God wants them to go into the promised land. The people sort of are iffy, and they ask to send in a representative from each tribe to sort of spy out the land. And so Moses agrees to this, which is against what God wanted, and they send in 12 tribes. I mean, 12 spies, and you're probably familiar with that. And then when they come back, Caleb and Joshua want, are saying, we can, we can do this. This is great. We can take this land because who is with us? God is with us. The others, though, are, are scared, especially by these giants, or the, the Nephilim, uh, the sons of Anak. So these are the giants, and there's big debate about where did they come from. And, and you know, It talks about giants. Before the flood, so that the giants make it through the flood, and 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 no, they didn't. But uh, they, how they came about, they could have come about again, and that's probably what happened. But anyway, we won't get into that. It's a it's a great conversation. It's a legit conversation, but that's not what we're talking about right here. So there were giants. There were great obstacles for man. So looking with your eyes, with our eyes. It was frightful. It was like, this is impossible. And that would lead them to 37 more years of wandering in the desert because they didn't walk by faith. And that's something for us to consider today. Are we truly walking by faith and we know who the Messiah is and that God is faithful? Back here, they've seen God working in Egypt. They're seeing God work every day in their lives with the manna that he's giving them for food. He's residing in the Holy of Holies with them and so they really should have no doubt that God is with them but they seem to fear it and when they came back and the 10 gave a bad report um, it says here I'm in Numbers 14 chapter 14 and they're actually talking about going back to Egypt Um, and Moses and Aaron plead with them and then verse 6, And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunim, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel. Now understand that, let me pause here from the scripture reading. Joshua is known by all that he goes in the tent with Moses. So Joshua is not just one of the tribes. He's like one of the spies. He's like the key guy that led the, the spies, right? So he's... And he's the upcoming future leader. And I don't think there's anybody doubting that. And Caleb is standing with him. Um, and they say to all, so I'm back to reading here. The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land. 
for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And then it says, all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me, and how long will they not believe in me? in spite of all the signs that I have done among them. I will strike them with the pestilence and dis, uh, disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. So, and then of course Moses is going to um, get God to reconsider destroying them, but the damage is done. The ten negative reporters are enough to scare the people and dishearten all the people. And so they will not go into the promised land. But all of them paid a price, except for, so the in the very end, when we get to Deuteronomy, there are three. Aaron may make it toward the end, but I think he passes before Deuteronomy. So there's just Moses, Joshua, and Caleb of this entire generation that came out of Egypt. That's it. And then, Moses, because of him striking the stone twice, will also not enter the promised land, but he will be able to give his final speech there that we'll read in Deuteronomy. And then Joshua and Caleb, in particular Joshua, will lead them into the promised land. And we start right off with uh, Joshua leading with them going to um, Jericho. And so then there's the whole book of Joshua about what, as Joshua comes to the end of his leadership. Now, by then, Joshua's going to be 80. So right here, he's in his early 40s. By the time they go into the promised land, Joshua's going to be 80. So you think about how long do I need to wait for God to do what he said he was going to do? And it's, well, it might be some time. It might be a lifetime. Now, he has done the important thing that he said he was going to do. He sent his Messiah. Jesus Christ has died for our sins. And we are, our debt is paid in full by Christ dying on the cross. And God the Father raising him from the dead ensures that the payment was accepted. And so, those of us who live by faith, like Caleb and Joshua, live by faith, we will enter the promised land. Those who do not live by faith, but live according to what they see, they will not enter the promised land. It's not that complicated when, when, you, when you start to realize it that way. Like, oh, so how am I living today? Am I living by what I see and what I hear? Am I allowing, for instance, two years ago, we all fell into really fear as we thought about COVID-19 or two almost three years ago and oh, I guess it's been three years so I was I fell in the fear and then I woke up in the middle of the night and said what am I doing God help help my unbelief you are God you are in control and and then I felt like I went into full battle mode working 80 hours a week trying to get people to put their eyes back on back on Jesus, back on God, and not on what all the world was focusing on. Because what the world will focus on 
is what's important to them and is important to their flesh and to their eyes, to their feelings, to their rights and all that versus the believer who knows that, hey, I'm bought with a price by Jesus Christ and I belong to him and I will be most satisfied by serving him. And not that he needs me, but being able to serve the Lord and have that peace that surpasses all understanding to be able to truly love like no one else can love and to care and to be of joy, be full of joy, even in the midst of, of tribulation and craziness. And and so we see that. And we see that all around the world, more so not here in the United States, but in other places of the world. But here in the United States, we need to ask ourselves, what are we focused on and What's drawing us away from focusing on God? I guess that would be the way to put it. And so I just thought that was a, a good passage to remind us of what God is doing. Let's be like Joshua and Caleb and not like the others. And But there are going to be others. And their report about what's going on is going to be negative. Their report is going to be doubting God and wanting to go back to Egypt. <laughs> wanting literally to go back to slavery. So enjoy as you read through uh, numbers. God bless you guys. Have a good day. Talk to you soon.